Welcome to the Glee Man's Apprentice, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am your Glee Man, Twish Avery. And I am his apprentice, Mandy Cat. Cat has already read the first four books of the series, there are always potential spoilers up through the Shadow Rising. And after that, I'll be reading the rest of the books for the very first time with my Glee Man, Twitch. Welcome back to the Glee Man's Apprentice, and uh, we are doing chapters 45 through 48 today. Um, there's a chance if we do it really fast that we might be able to want, like hit on chapter 49, but... Yeah, we'll have to watch the time. But I, 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 think, I think these four chapters are a good place to... a good chunk. All right. Um, and I think they work together pretty well. So... Um, how was, the, how was your weekend? Well, I pretty much spent the weekend with Twitch via Zoom meeting other people in the Wheel of Time community. And it was actually super exciting. I'm super introverted, so it's always painful for me. Um, I'm a little shy, especially in giant Zoom rooms. We were on the dusty wheel. There was 18 of us, 20 of us at one point. Yeah. And so I'm just kind of people watching at first until more and more people left the chat room. Then I felt more comfortable talking. But it was great. So people listening to this episode will probably start piecing together how far ahead we are in our recordings. Um, You'll be hearing this in three weeks. But yesterday... uh, April 11th. April 11th. the, The Dusty Wheel had their speed dating podcast episode. And we got to go on the dusty wheel for the first time for five minutes and just tell everybody why you should listen to us and who we are. With the full disclaimer that clearly the fuck, Mary kill, the answer for fuck and Mary is always land, but we are choosing to expand and not just pick <laughs> land every time. So that is a disclaimer I should remind people. Of course I'd choose land. Yes, yes, because we had somebody on Twitter today, which I, I so greatly appreciate the Twitter interactions. It's, it's so fun. Um, I was like, dude... You both got it wrong. The fuck is Lan? And we're like, I know. I, I, oh, I know. we know. <laughs> Whenever we don't fuck Lan, just know that we're, whoever we are fucking, we're thinking about Lan. The whole time. <laughs> don't tell my wife. Um, okay. So, yeah, we had a great weekend. It was a lot of fun. Um, and if you haven't seen that episode, go back. There's some other great podcasters you guys have to meet. Every single one of them. I haven't watched all of it yet, but because we were in the separate rooms, so we weren't able to see other people's interviews. Um, but I've watched a few of them. But I, I, I was very familiar with 
several of them and not familiar with some of them, they were all they all did great. Yeah. I think I think everybody had a lot of fun and we had an opportunity to chat with with other uh, podcasters who who at least for me I listen to and really like. So it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, let's, I, I say, if you don't have anything to add, let's, let's jump right it. into it. Um, the last week, do you remember what we talked about last week? Well, I'm sure we talked about Wheel of Time. <laughs> that being said, it ended with, uh, it, it was, the, it was mostly a Perrin section, right? Right. Because that's where we met these dark hounds and found out that Perrin can smell them. Unlike yep. Marine and, well, but that was strange that Marine and Land couldn't smell them, right? Or couldn't sense them in sense some way. Them. Okay. Oh, yeah, they don't smell them, all yeah. Karen. Um, but it ended with Matt and Tom back together. Um, and truly, they and, get the and, fireworks, right? Wasn't that the point? They. Yep. And, well, they, yeah, and then they were. Uh, He's opening um, the fireworks. Yep. Yeah. And they're heading to Camelin. So it's Via boat. Yes. So that gets us mm-hmm. to chapter 45, Camelin. Back at it. All right. Matt and Tom arrived to Camelin. There's a lengthy description as Matt sees it for the first so-called time. However, he's totally aware he has been there before, but his memories of that time period are splotchy. Tom heads to the Queen's Blessing. And we've been at that inn before, right? Yes, yes, that's where we were in uh, the first book where Matt and Rand went. Okay. And then Moraine and company. Because Matt was sick. And Matt yep. does vaguely remember it. Yep. But before going to the inn, Matt's like, nope, I said I would drop off Elaine's letter within the hour of being in town. And Tom's just like, okay, don't get lost. So Matt heads to the palace. And yep. he's remembering bits and pieces of the city and eventually finds guardsmen at the tall gates of the royal palace of Andor. He, he'll remember like one building and then have no memory of like two or three streets and then... Remember a street, right? It's very, very, very sporadic and splotchy, splotchy what he remembers of it. Yeah. Because he was pretty fucked up. Yeah, it's, 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 that's hecka. Amnesia. The last time, yeah, the last time he was there. He was, he was pretty messed up. Um, Matt seems a bit cocky. He's looking at all the guards, trying to figure out who's in charge. Then he approaches the large officer. With and, the rat-like eyes. Right? And he attempts to request... I have a letter for the queen, but the guard just berates him. You, a countryman? Bugger off. Uh, the queen, by the way, wants nothing to do with the White Tower except for her daughter heir to be returned. Because you skipped it, but Matt claimed, you know, Matt states that he is a messenger uh, from the White Tower with a letter for the queen. Right. Yeah. But the guard doesn't care because he doesn't want anything to do with the White Tower. So. <laughs> the officer calls him a trickster and a half-wit looby. I think that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have good insults. Matt tries again, being like, oh, the daughter, I know who this is from. Except he still doesn't get the words out in the order that the officer would listen. So they, the captain calls the guards to seize him as a dark friend. And they actually do come right at him. So he has to flee back into like, yep. his horse um, immediately. So that didn't go well. No. It was it was not uh, a good sell. And we learn that they don't think the daughter heir is back, right? We get that out of it. Yeah. No, so it's it was, kind of the sketchy. He's like, do you, you know, yeah. You want her back to Camelin? Okay, but yeah. Anyway, more on that. And Matt scene. and Matt doesn't really know anything about what's going on. No, we don't like, really either. Actually, 
Um, well, but we do know that Morghese is quite furious about Elaine's first disappearance. Yes. So. So Matt finds the Queen's blessing. Um, kind of more examples of memory trying to come back to him. He fishes for the name of the stable boy, Raimi. Um, gets his name right, but the stable boy doesn't actually remember Matt. Just accepts some coin for the horse. Well, once once he gets coin, of course he remembers <laughs> yeah. Matt. He's like, oh yeah. Matt enters the inn and speaks with Colleen and remembers everyone called her Cook. And she does remember him when he was really sick. And she said, you're with the prince who looked like Tigraine. And I'm like, whoa, another reference of Rand looking like Tigraine. Other than Tigraine, you know, clearly had red hair and everything. But still kind of an interesting tie-in. I wonder if that will keep coming back. So Cook that's, that's interesting. tells him, hey, Basil's in the library. And then she gives him an errand to tell Basil something. And then Matt's just confused trying to remember, oh, they're married? They yeah. must be married. Like, <laughs> filling in memory. It's um, something to do about the plumbing or something, right? Yep. Yeah. I, I guess I can pause and say, I thought nothing of Rand and Tigraine references in the first read-through. It's the second read-through where I'm trying to be a little more um, attentive. Uh, that I'm like, this yep. is the second time. Yep. That's interesting. Perceptive, yeah. Um, and I, I don't remember enough details of her. I know they said she's too old, but I feel like that's like a red herring or something. Like, was she too old to be his mom? I have no idea. Oh, I, I, have I, I learned her actual age? I don't, I don't believe so. I don't know. I don't... Or maybe she just disappeared and has nothing to do with it. <gasps> maybe she's his grandma. Maybe? Okay. This is exciting. Well, now, okay, hold on, though. This isn't a spoiler. Tigraine is the mother of... Someone. Galad. Oh, fancy. Yeah, it was Tigraine and uh, her husband. The name escapes me right now. The queen's husband who died? uh, uh, Damondred. And then... um, Damondred And then Morgane went missing. Morgane just disappeared. And then Damondred is... uh, It's his last name, Damondred. Yeah. Tigraine disappeared. Yeah. And then Morgase... Morghese. Succeeded to the throne. Correct. And she married Terengil. It was Terengil Damondred. Okay. She married him. He already had Galad. Correct. And um, they had Gawain and Elaine together. And then he died. Yes. Um, and so, yeah. So okay. that's... So so we do know that um, Tigraine is the mother of... Glad and Glad is probably only a few, only a few years, years older. He, he's <gasps> probably about ninety years age. He's probably about twenty five, twenty six. He's not much older than Rand. That's interesting. So, Let's just run with this theory because yeah. Egwene went from loving Rand to loving Galad. What if they're half brothers? Oh, yeah. Think about it. If Tigraine would be both their mamas. Well, well, that would be yeah. I can run with it. I love it. That's an interesting theory. Anyway. Okay. Matt enters the library where Tom and Basil, and I keep intermixing Basil, Master Gill, but anyway, they're playing stones. Matt asks very pointed questions about current events, including that, hey, the guards seem to think the White Tower stole Elaine, and Tom affirms, yup, the entire city knows that Elaine had disappeared from the tower, but Tom had been the first person who actually told Basil that Elaine had returned from that missing, whatever, her missing... Adventure. Yeah. Well, that's sketchy. No one reported back to the town the reality of what's going on. Basil mentioned some guy, Lord Gabriel, who has stopped Morghese from sending for a headsman, but he has not soothed her temper. 
And Tom clarifies that Morghese has a new advisor whom Gareth Brynn did not like. So now Bryn has been retired. Yeah. And I didn't think Bryn was that bad of a guy. Like, we met him in the last book, right? And there wasn't anything. Very briefly, he, was, he, he seemed like a man of his word. He seemed like an honorable man. He was uh, a very commanding presence, hence being the captain commander or, or the commander of, you know, the royal army, basically. So Basil continues talking about this Gabriel guy who replaced half of the guard in town with those of his own choice. That's yep. never good. Nope. And rumor is that Morghese might marry him. So right then and there, Matt determines, yep, I got to deliver this letter to Morghese with my own hands. Um, and boom, Basil's now shocked. You have a letter from the daughter heir? Why didn't Tom tell me about this? Um, and then Basil just goes in asking about Elaine and Gawain saying something about there is potential war with Tarvalon. There's really wild stories about Aes Sedai using their power as a weapon and a false dragon out west. So, obviously, he's heard about events from book two, yep. <laughs> The Great Hunt. Yeah. Um, and he's he's just touching base with them, not in a real way. He's just gushing, right? Because then Matt, this is funny, Matt interrupts to ask Basil. Are you married to Colleen? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no. <laughs> but Matt's just like, oh. Well, you just wouldn't shut up, right? Isn't and, he just like, okay. Yeah, he, he's, he's like, you would think the end was hers now. If she was my wife, life preserve me. Um, Something to that extent. Yeah, and that's funny. Actually, I just say that's funny because that's how my brain works too. If someone's going on too long and my brain has already received the information it wants, I'll just suddenly ask something yep. totally out of nowhere to them. But to me, I'm like, I've been waiting five minutes to ask this. So yep. I don't want to forget. No, I'm the same way. <laughs> Anywho. Matt tells Basil, the letter's sealed. She doesn't want me to know details. Okay, yeah, we know Matt already looked in Yeah, it, yeah, but, but he's not going to tell anybody. No. Does he think he'll admit to opening the thing? But Matt is still set in this conversation. Oh, by the way, Tom is just like, I want to keep playing stones, guys. Yeah. And Basil's like, we'll get there, but Basil's clearly losing. Clear, yeah, clearly losing. <laughs> so anywho, Matt keeps alluding, I need to get into the palace. Master Gill tries to dissuade him. And suddenly, Matt is just saying basically an aha moment. Doesn't say what, but that's when Master Gill's like, uh, no, no, do, you got to be lucky to get away with that. And Matt throws a cup of dice and gets five single picks. Yep, yep. He, he basically says, uh, lad, you'll need the dark one's own luck to escape with your life. And Matt says, I am lucky, Master Gill. You just have, uh, you just have a good meal waiting when I come back. He picked up the dice cup and spun the dice out beside the stones board for luck. The calico cat leapt down, hissing at him with her back arched. The five spotter dice came to a rest, each showing a single pip of the dark one's eyes. That's the best toss or the worst, Gil said. It depends on the game you're playing, doesn't it, lad? I think you mean to play a dangerous game. Why don't you take that cup out into the common room and lose a few coppers? You look to me like a fellow who might like a little gamble. <laughs> so anyway, and then he offers to take the, the letter, right? Right, and Matt leaves in this, I like this final moment. He's like, have my things brought to my room. Also, take care with that big roll. It frightens Tom. Because <laughs> he had laid his firework roll. Yep. And, and yep. Tom's like looking at his yep. pipe, just all concerned. Suddenly, Like Tom's the only one taking a firework seriously. Yep, yep. And know. then as he leaves, he thinks, I always win. That's how. 
I just have to win once more, and I'm done with Elaine, and that's the last of the White Tower for me. Just once more. Prediction time. Do you think that's it for Matt and the White Tower? You don't ask me. I know. <laughs> ask you. Do you I think know. that's the last for Matt and the White Tower? We know. Well, okay. So, no. Okay. No. Okay. Absolutely not. Okay. He's sealed to everything. Dragon I'm trying Lord. to think of what happens in book four. Well, and... he's not done in this book. He okay. thinks this is over and done with. Yeah. I think in the end of this chapter, we realize yeah. the next chapter. All Any right. other questions for me from Keelan? Oh, not really. Not really. Um, do you have any thoughts about Gabriel? Bad guy. Bad. It, but were you thinking that like the first time you read this first time this I read chapter, it, it, it might have been the next chapter. I think been, first time I read yeah. it, it was a breeze through it. You know, whenever someone replaces half the team, like you have There's to question, fishy. well, was it a healthy thing? Like they were really corrupt. But in this case, we didn't know. I thought Bryn was a fine guy. I didn't think of him as bad or corrupt. Right. So if Bryn was forced to retire, I'm thinking this Gabriel chick is up to something. Well, and we know from past exposition from other characters that Gareth Brynn is fiercely loyal to Queen Margase. Yeah. And we do know that, so... He's a sweetheart. Okay. Chapter 46. Um, yeah. let's, let's do your cat notes. Let's a message it. out of the shadow. All right, here's what Matt's up to, and, and Gil read right through him. Matt's looking for a cliff that looks like a wall that is... The same garden Rand fell into from book one. Yep, because Basil Gill, once he starts, uh, once Matt starts talking about another way to get in, he just starts going. Basil oh. Gill remembers that Rand did it. And yep. He's like, oh fuck. He Matt finds the flowery flowery wall and has easy finger and footholds the entire time. Kind of a sweet moment. He's reminiscing adventuring with Rand and Perrin in the sand hills, and there's been reference to this before. That's on the edge of the Mountains of Mist. And, yep. and then Matt was given extra consequences when they returned because everyone assumed the whole thing was his idea. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it probably was. No, I'm sure he go. I'm sure he was the one that was Instigator. like, let's go do this. Matt gets over the wall and manages to hide from shrubbery to shrubbery in the garden from shrubbery. marching guards. Uh, they marched in twos, and he's just like, ah, oh, they're more focused on the path than what's on the side yeah, of the garden. Yeah, these guards are not doing a good and job. And then Matt's just like doing the silly Matt thing, puts a flower in his hair from the... I, I didn't go into all the lengthy descriptions of flowers, but there's colorful flowers. So mm. he continues his stealth mission. Picks one up, puts it in his hair, because he's pretty proud of himself. You know, yeah. he's like... I this is just a game. But then he goes under a window and overhears a scandalous conversation. But he cannot see inside the window. He hears a scared voice say something about on their way to Terra Great Master. And then something about three untrained girls who can fool him. Do you have this one up on your book? But needing to find the boy who can destroy them all. Did you want to read any more? I, I didn't. I'm just summarizing what he heard. Um, yeah, no, no. You keep going. Matt deduces that the voices are talking about Elaine, and eventually the gruff, scary voice tells the scared voice to kill her, as he does not want the great master to get her first and use her for his purposes. Meaning these are bad guys, and also only bad guys refer to leaders as great masters. Right? Yes, yes, very much so. But only, only bad guys insist that they are called great masters. Right? Yes, 
But then the gruff voice also says to get rid of the other two women with her. And something about the slatterns of the White Tower, which I think is another great um, insult I just learned. Yeah. The gruff voice then calls the scared voice Komar. Matt finally gets a view in the window of a man with dark hair and a short black beard with a, a white streak. A big guy. Broad chest bursting through his silky green shirt. However, that man starts talking and he's actually using scared voice. So Komar is the scared guy. And well, Matt, Matt he, did not actually see the commanding it, gruff voice who is ordering these women to it's, be murdered. It's, it's the same voice, but it's not cringy anymore. It's more, it's more subtle. Yeah, I just was referring to them as scared voice and gruff voice. So anyway, okay. Komar is apparently going to go kill Elaine and the two women with her, which we know to be Nynaeve and Egwene. And Matt's, Matt's trying to get a good look, and all he can see is um, he doesn't see who's ordering it. That's yeah. the point. No, yeah, exactly. He, he doesn't see who the deep, who the commanding voice was. So, so Matt tells himself, no more, no more skulking. Time to tell more gays about the letter and the threat to the daughter heir. Matt gets close to the palace itself before a guard approaches him. Matt shows the letter and seal immediately and says, I have a letter from the daughter heir. It's for the queen. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Matt. You learned. The guard asks, how did you get in here without Elber noticing? And Matt then says, oh, the fat man with rat eyes. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, it, that could have been his best bud or his brother. But anyway. Well, no, but, but the officer gave a sharp nod. Matt cursed his tongue, but the officer gave a sharp nod. He almost smiled, too, but it did not seem to lessen his vigilance or his suspicion. Yeah, and Matt's just like, yeah, he was just really angry with me when I said I came from Tarvalon, so I had to come through the garden instead. <laughs> and, and, and then the officer says, that bloody garden wall again. It should be built three times so high. Boy, I wonder if that'll come up again. And then, of course, because Matt had called him captain, he says, guardsman lieutenant, not captain. I'm guardsman lieutenant Talonvor. I recognize the daughter's daughter heir seal. Give me the letter and I will take it to the queen after I show you out. Some would not be so gentle at finding you walking about loose. So I do want to quickly jump on this for a second. Do we know Talonvor? Yeah, we've met Okay. Him, but I can't remember how. Mm. Was he the one sent with them um, from um, the he, crystal? No, he's, he's, he's the one that uh, Galad oh, he came was... back with when Rand fell into the garden. He... Oh, yeah, okay. And he's the one that took Rand. <laughs> I think Talonvor knows very well about this garden. Lucille, yeah, yeah. And he's the only one who watches for it. That's interesting. Yep. Okay. Matt insists on providing the letter himself, but Talonvor says, yeah, you're going to be beheaded if you step out of line, buddy. But Matt says, I am a loyal Anderman to the queen. And I would have followed Lord Gabriel if I had been around this winter, just trying to make up shit to sound yep. very loyal. And Talonberg stares at him. It's kind of a quirky stare, but says, all right, take the flower out of your hair. Let's yep. go. I'll take you the queen, but know this. I can take your head before you, before you blink if you so much as think of harming her. And then he says, get that full flower out of your hair. Do you think you came here courting? Uh, Matt is brought to the queen. She wears an Aes Sedai ring and also has a tall, dark man standing next to her. But all Matt is, like, consumed by is her beauty. Um, <laughs> hey, she's as beautiful as Elaine, maybe a little bit more ripe. What does that mean? 
Oh, you know what? Do you want to hear what Chris says to me all the time? Ripe for the picking. Oh. Yeah. Right? I ignore that too. <laughs> However, Matt does realize, oh, this woman's not in a good mood. He presents the letter and she makes a snarky comment about her scapegrace child. Another good insult. You scapegrace. <laughs> Queen Margay's reads the, the letter. are full of them. She seems impressed enough that Elaine was raised a novice. Yeah. She's actually, she's quite happy about this letter. Matt interrupts to try to share about the voice he'd heard only to be cut off by the man by Morghese's side. He tells off Matt and Matt finds it easy enough to hold his tongue because this is the man who is the the owner of the gruff voice. He recognizes the voice of the window. It's none other than Lord Gabriel. Boom. Lord Gabriel's a bad guy. Morghese looks at him with love. And this is like, I'm like, that's out of character for Morghese. She's a strong, tough, independent woman. Yep. She don't need no Gabriel. But here she is in, in awe. Like, it's Matt is clearly seeing some sort of connection. Yeah. But, okay. Matt calls himself Tom Grinwald, saying he'd been visiting his sister, Elsa Grinwald. And Elaine had told him to deliver the letter. The queen will not allow Gabriel to bring Tom to the questioners. Thank you, queen. The queen clarifies she's glad her daughter is well. And if Tom returns to Tarvalon, tell Elaine that what is said in anger is often repented. And the queen has no plans to actually remove Elaine from the tower until her time is done. Yeah. Queen Morgay's comments, she misses her talks with Shiriam in her study and emphasizes for Tom to share that with Elaine. And I'm, I'm actually like, well, send her an effing letter. You're the mom. Um, Tom stumbles a bit and says, eh, I better go help my da with milking. But the man laughs and tells Tom, uh, go have adventures and see the world and tosses him a bag of coins. As Matt retreats, he hears Lord Gabriel tell Morghese it's time to lance that festering sore on the border of Andor. And he reminds her, that she has claim to the Sun Throne. Seems like there's something fishy going on so there. So do you, do you know what the Sun Throne is? I don't know if I know what the Sun Throne is. Okay. No, I mean, maybe it's been brought up. Do you know what... I know she's on the Lion Throne, isn't she? Yes. Do you know what's on the border of uh, Andor? Oh. Should we look through the map? Let's look at the map. Map time. I actually... I, I'm, I'm in the middle of composing a map time song. Good, so. thank you. So here's Andor. Got it. Here's Camelon. Got it. Here's the border of Andor right here. Arangil. Karian. <gasps> the Karianonites. Okay. And they're in a civil war right now. Somebody. Because somebody killed their king. Well, somebody handsome and with a great stash. I, I didn't kill the queen. Ha! Ah, you're fired. Ah. You're fired. <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah, a couple things. Yeah. This will definitely sway right into the next chapter. It's like moment by moment. Oh, yes. But this is interesting. Um, so first read through, I'm not sure how much I totally remember, but I know from second read through, I'm like, Talonvor is definitely an important person, an important ally. And we'll, we'll um, actually, we kind of get that more in the next chapter, so we don't have to detail that out. But Gabriel, what the fuck? Okay. Okay, so... Uh, I want to talk about the relationship with uh, Gabriel and Morghese a little bit. Okay. Um, we can talk a little bit more about it next chapter as well. But yeah, because I think some of the details... Do you think come. she's just besotted? Yeah, but is it a... You know, like she took a love potion besotted? 
So do you think that it might be some sort of like... Witch magic. Like supernatural besotment? Yeah, I do. Is that a word, besotment? Yeah, because she don't need no man. Yeah, no, she Um, doesn't. She's a very, very, very strong woman who commands like one of the most... Like the largest and one of the most powerful nations on the continent. So no, she she doesn't need a man. And we do get more details in the next chapter, so I don't want to jump ahead too far, but he's sketchy. And so the combination of his sketchy motives and how he came about and into his place, and even, spoiler alert, but in the next chapter we find out he took Alida's position. Like, they, they make it a clear connection. I don't think I connected it till they spelled it out for me. Yeah. But, like, that's a big deal. So let's, let's, let's go ahead, because you're right, this just flows right into the next chapter. So let's go ahead and start the next chapter, and then we can talk about that a little bit more once we learn a little bit more about Gabriel. Chapter 47, To Race the Shadow. Talonvor leads Matt out of the palace to the front gates, speaking to Elber, the rat-fat face guard, and saying, <laughs> Matt delivered the daughter heirs, or Tom, delivered the daughter heirs letter safely to the queen. No thanks to you, Elber. And Matt then says a sincere thank you and farewell to Talonvor, but Talonvor continues talking to Matt and asks if he knows anything about the tower. Now, Matt is still guarded. He's saying no, because he doesn't know who's in Gabriel's game. Yeah, he doesn't know who to trust. He, so he's basically I was just only there for three days. But I found this fascinating. Talonvor asks of this Sherian person and what it means to be taken to her study. You must have heard something, man. Who is Sherian? Does talking to her in her study mean anything? So something's going on, and Talonvor is... It seems like Talonvor thinks that Morghese is trying to send code. Literally, sometimes I think she is trying to say something. There's too much I don't know. And so that really piqued my interest. I'm like, Talonvor, you're probably right. You're a loyal Anderman. Something's going on. I don't like it. You need to figure this out. But of course, it's like he has a 500-piece puzzle that he only has 10 pieces of Yeah, and then he asks Matt, are you a loyal Andor man, Tom Grimwell? Of course I am. What about you? Do you serve Morghese and Gabriel loyally? Talonvor gave him a sharp look, as hard as the dice's mercy. I love that too. Like I love his writing. Like his descriptions are great. Um, I serve Morghese, Tom Grinwell. Her I serve to the death. Fare uh-huh. you well. So there he we go. He does not trust Lord Gabriel There's your either. Answer. And he doesn't like Gabriel. This better not be foreshadowing about serving her to his death. But then again, I don't really know him that well. I guess people gotta die. As Moraine would say, it's war. Well, it's the apocalypse. People are gonna die. But I think, okay, so I think we can assume that there is a pattern in Robert Jordan's writings. There are 20, there are over 2,700 named characters in this series. We can assume that many, many, many of them are one and dones, right? Talonvor's coming back. But I think that it's safe to assume that if you meet a character for a second time from a different character, you're probably going to see him again and again. Like Cook. Just kidding. Like Cook. <laughs> sure. She's definitely coming back. Hey, man. She might have a royal hand. Spoiler play. warning. <laughs> Okay, Matt walks away. He does not run until he's a small distance away from the side of the palace. 
Upon returning to the inn, he finds Basil and Tom still playing stones, and he tells Master Gill he's going to leave after a quick meal. Tom's saying, what's the hurry, bud? And Matt says, Basil, who is Lord Gabriel? Turns out, here's what I was getting to recently. Lord Gabriel arrived in the winter from somewhere out west. Um, and Matt assures Master Gill, yeah, it, no lords in the two rivers. Do not say he's from the two well, rivers. Well, he says it, it might have been around the two rivers. Then Lord Gabriel also conveniently came when Morgays happened to be in Tarvalon. And at the same time, riots began again in Camelin. Yeah. Um, while she was out, and conveniently, Lord Gabriel took faction in the fights in honor of the queen. He also took an injury. However, Gareth Bryn did not like Gabriel's methods. He can be a very hard man. I don't know who he is referring to. Gareth or Lord Gabriel? Um, I've got it right here. Gareth Bryn didn't like Gabriel's methods. He can be a very hard man. But Morghese was so pleased to find... Yeah, they're talking about Gabriel. Okay, yeah. And Morghez is supposedly super happy to come home. That There's she, order. That she named hey, him to the post. Lord Gabriel, you get Elida's old position. She can just stay in Tarvalon. So I think that's interesting. Seems like someone might have caused some riots in order to claim that their allegiance to the queen and rise up. So Matt asks... Um, hey, will Gabriel marry the queen? So if, if he marries Morghez, would he be king when she dies? If Elaine were dead too. And Gil just laughs. He's like, Andorab's a queen, lad. Always a queen. If Morghese and Elaine both died, the light said not so, then Morghese's nearest female relative would take the throne, and there's no question of who that is this time. A cousin, the Lady Dylan. Uh, so it wouldn't be like the succession after uh, Tigraine died. There's another mention of Tigraine. Mm. Just throwing it out there. Um, it took two years before, yada, yada, yada. It's a little bit of history. Um, but Dylan could keep Gabriel as her advisor or marry him to cement the line, though she would not likely do that unless Morghese had had a child by him. But he would be the prince consort even then. No more than that. Thank the light. Morghese is a young woman yet. And Basil clearly doesn't like Gabriel either. So we got Talonvor, who's a loyal Andorman to the Queen, and Lord Basil, who clearly loves the Queen, Elaine, and Gawain. Yep. None of them like Gabriel. Okay. Yep. Matt reflects this dislike, and Basil cannot say anything specific so much as there's been many changes that have occurred, and more or less there's a vibe in the city that feels very Corinian in the way people are plotting and nearing civil war. Do you think Tom choked on his pipe at that too? When he heard about the civil war in Kyrian. Anyway. No, I think he's aware. I, th I think he's aware of that. That's been, that's been happening that for a while. I'm saying that snarkily. He knows what he caused. Basil has experienced that's bad dreams since Gabriel came and thinks others have as well. And then I'm going, oh, you're dreaming of a corrupt leader. This isn't a dark friend. This is a forsaken. Really? That's yeah. what you think? They go in the dreams. Yep. Okay. Okay. Okay, so we have a, we have a forsaken... In uh, Ilian. Samel. 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 Yeah. Samel's an Ilian yep. pretending to be Lord Brend. And now you think we have a Forsaken pretending to be Lord Gabriel. Correct. Is there another Forsaken floating out there? I, I thought there was. I, I don't remember if we've covered that yet. Okay. When Basil asks Matt, why are you so interested in Gabriel? Matt directly answers, because he wants to kill Elaine and Egwene. And I need with her. 
And Basil's like, you sick again. You're getting all suspicious yeah. like last time. And I'm like, oh, that's a really good memory, Basil. But Matt reveals exactly what he heard in the palace to a fella named Komar. Describes Komar and Basil then goes, yeah, that sounds yep, like Lord Komar. That's Komar. Matt shares that he did not tell the queen as her advisor, Lord Gabriel, was at her shoulder. And she seems to pretty sure she's in love with him. So there, you skipped over something that might be important. We don't know. I don't know, but, but now that you're reading it, it probably is. But uh, Gil says slowly, you know, when he's talking about uh, Lord Komar, he was a fine soldier, but it is said he left the guard over some matter of weighted dice. Now that anyone says it to his face, Komar was one of the best blades in the guards. So there you go. So oh. so Komar is an experienced swordsman. Yeah. He was one of the best. But uh, fired. But he was fired because he, it seems like he might like to cheat at dice. Damn it, Komar. So. so, of course, cheaters want to go to the Forsaken. You know how it works. Well, I mean, cheaters might be... <laughs> I'm, it, so, if you cheat at a game, does that automatically make you a dark friend? Is that is that what we're no. learning right now? I'm teasing, and I do recall <laughs> that was a good reference. Thanks for catching that. Okay. So, anyway... Um, Tom just agrees with Basil. Yeah, she'll cut your head off. Or Tom agrees with Matt. She would have cut his head off if he tried to say Lord Gabriel is going to kill your daughter. But Basil seems conflicted about what to do without causing immediate death with the messenger. So Tom, bless his heart, mutters one word. Rumors. Yep. All right. Tom basically insists rumors will reach the queen's ears eventually, and then she will look at her relationship with this Lord Gabriel chick much more closely, and he will not be able to hide his childhood scars from her. <gasps> He's so good. I love Tom. Conveniently, Basil has just the right gossip for the gossiper for the job working right there it is in Gilda, who apparently is the greatest gossip the creator ever made. That's a great like title. What's what's your high school like Hall of Fame? The greatest <laughs> gossiper the creator ever made. <laughs> yep. Matt gives Tom an emotional check-in, reflecting that Tom is taking this all very calmly. Weren't you in love with Margay's once? And yeah. Tom quotes a wise woman once told him, "Time heals all wounds." And even though he didn't believe it at the time, it's now true. Who do you think that woman was? Was it Moraine, or was it Margay's herself? Um, I, I hope it wasn't his apprentice. It, <laughs> it, it might have been Dina. I, I, I'm not sure. It might have been Moraine. I'm not no, sure. No, or was it the innkeeper after Dina died? Oh, yes, it might have been her. Yeah. Anyway, Tom clarifies he no longer loves Morgays, but does care for her. It's a bit of a speech, and there's a smooth transition to asking Matt, let's sleep a night before heading to Terre, but ultimately agreeing to leave that very night because Matt was insisting they have to get to Erangel to hop a ship. Yep. And Tom does clarify, I'm coming, because I like those girls. And he has knives in his hands while he's saying that, so he's clearly ready to protect them as well. Yep. Matt gives Gil the bag of coins from Gabriel, asking him to hold them, because Matt has stakes for a bet Gabriel doesn't know about. And Matt tosses dice, getting five sixes, and saying, he always wins. I always win. Hold this for me, Master Gil. Stakes. Gabriel, oh, he says, what's this, lad? Coin? Stakes. Gabriel doesn't know it, but he and I have a wager, and I always win. So that clarifies, like, it does smoothly come from the last chapter. There was a good setup in the last chapter, and now we know, like, Lord Gabriel's not a good guy. 
Uh, I would you assume. I, I think there's a safe that. Yeah, it's 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 pretty. Now the forsaken bit. That's a pretty. Uh, I have a reason because it's coming up. Okay. Uh, I do. I did write that though in this one. The dreams because he's in the dreams and. We've seen in Perrin's dreams Forsaken. We've seen, I think, Egwene in Teleron Riodice. Yep. And then Lord Samel, Samel, Samel. is in people's dreams. Yep. And that was my direct link. If he's in people's dreams, he's Forsaken. Yep. And he's a bad guy. Uh, I should clarify, because there's probably other people popping up in dreams lately. So. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I love it. I, it's, it's a bold statement. It's a good prediction. Oh, I'm, I'm right. Uh, I'm, I'm right. Okay. Okay. I I'm thinking about book four. I, oh, I'm I don't, wrong. I don't. Well, I, I'm just. I don't think. I'm. I don't think you have any confirmation. No, I have no confirmation. Okay. I'm just boldly expressing myself because I think the dreams. Are, I've always thought dreams I, and Teleronriad are very significant. I love it. No, so I love it. It why. makes. It's and a I could good be going theory. on wrong theories completely. It, it's a good theory. It makes a lot of sense. Um, my job is to not tell you what you've got right and wrong. My job is to just try and be as. Uh, nuanced as possible, so yeah, it's a good, right. it's it's a great theory. I love it. Thank I love you. it. I and 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 yes, it makes sense. It was well pieced together. Um, I'm all for Thank it. Thank you. Chapter forty eight. Following the gift. All right. Ah, uh, nope. Following the craft. You misspelled that. Let's start that over. <laughs> Chapter forty eight. Following the craft. That was a good movie. It had Veruca Bulk. The craft? I love the craft. I recently watched mm-hmm. it in the past few years. It didn't age great. Okay, I have not brought myself to watch it again. It, they did make a second one recently. I think Michael Bloomhouse made The Craft yeah. Legacy, and I okay. also can't bring myself to watch it because I think it one, has yeah. to stay where it was, and Veruca Bulk is great. Uh, Veruca Bulk is, she was like one of my crushes when I was in high school. Yes, she was amazing. She well should be. Did you ever see that movie? We should uh, ask her to be on the podcast. <laughs> hey Veruca Bulk what are you up to these days you want to be on our really stupid podcast about the wheel of time <laughs> oh my god I would shit my pants if I got to like talk to Veruca Bulk are you kidding me I'll like I'm not her. I'm not joking when I say that she truly was like one of my favorite actresses actually when I was a kid. she was in the worst witch which was our favorite movie as children Anyway. I don't know if I ever saw that, but uh, she was also... Tim Curry. She Hello. was also Dorothy in the... The Wizard of Oz 2? No, the we were sequel. Veruca Bulk fans. I know Veruca Yep, yep. The Island of Dr. Moreau. Which, by the way, is like an Aes Sedai name. <gasps> Veruca Bulk. Veruca Sedai? Fuck Ooh, yes. She might have been Black Aja. Very possibly. Very possibly. Okay, so this episode is all about Veruca Bulk. If anyone is cousins to her, would you please tell her <laughs> we're ready? Or if anybody has like access to Hollywood stars, you know, like okay. get get us get us. Uh, I mean, we could send her tweets and, and just start flooding her. Like, read the Wheel of Time so you can come on our podcast. So, following the craft perspective <laughs> change. It's a queen, not Veruca Bulk. But Egwene is tossing cookies over the deck of the darter. And it's apparently the ship they're on is doing this corkscrew twisting roll motion for days. What do you think that looks like for a big-ass cargo boat? What what does that mean? Like, it actually makes it's, me sick, too. It, it's, it's just, you know... Ugh. I yeah, don't blame it's going her. up and down. It's kind of like a cartoon ship, you know, like, like yeah, no. it's going up and down. No shame, Agreen. So Captain Kanan is all too happy to be rid of Mistress Jocelyn, who we know as Agreen, and the other women and their horses. Um, and Agreen thinks conceitedly he would feel 
different if I was wearing my Aes Sedai ring. And it's actually hidden with her Tarongrail ring. Now, this is fun. So, so they're approaching their destination, but she has this like kind of context moment about having continued to use her ring. And here's, there's a lot of descriptions, so I hope I get what you want me to get. But they don't make sense to a queen. First, Master Luhan being led by white cloaks into a giant, basically bear trap as bait. Perrin with a falcon and Perrin choosing between an axe and hammer. Matt playing dice with Baalzaman. And that's the moment I said, oh, is Lord Gabriel Baalzaman? Okay. Because Matt has... Claimed stakes with him well, literally on. two paragraphs ago. Hold on, it doesn't say Baalzamon. It says no, Matt no. Dicing with the Dark One. I thought the Dark One was Baalzamon. Okay, yeah, sure. Yep, you're right. Oh, okay. Anyway, name, shadow to name, shadow to name. Yep. You're smiling. He's lying. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but you did. Anyways, yes, let's, no, let's go on. Matt shouting, I'm coming, and Nguyen believing it's directly for her. Yep. Which we know, yeah, he is coming. Rand doing Rand things. There's it's, it's nuts. There's men and women trying to guide Rand and or ignore him. There's a shining crystal sword. The man with flaming eyes who wants Rand dead. There's six men, five women. Some hunting him, some ignoring him. Some trying to guide him toward the shining, yep, yep, shining sword. And some trying to stop him from reaching it. Appearing not to know where he was or only to see him in flashes. So that's interesting. That's got to be a weird... I think we're going to see all of this, too, in the upcoming books. Okay. Uh, because some of this, I, I, um, because I have read book four, I can say from some of what I've already read, I know what's coming. Okay. Yeah, you do have, you do have some answers. Um, one of the men had eyes of flame, and he wanted Rand dead with a desperation she could nearly taste. And she was pretty sure that he was Balzaman. But who were the others? You want me to guess the others? Oh, I'm, I'm just saying that's what she thinks. She, oh, okay, who, who are the okay. Others? I don't know who the 11 men and women are off the top of my head. Unless Do you just remember how friends. many Forsaken there are? Oh, like 11. Well, originally. Two have died. Yes. At least two have died. Nine. Two, two have died, right? Yes. Um, Agenor and Balthamel. Yes. They were the old gross ones at the, at the Eye old, of the World. Definitely gross. Um, so, so, but the original number of... Forsaken, I'll give you this because it's not... I'm, I'm pretty sure you can look in the glossary of this book and get the answer to this. There were 13. Oh. Eight men, five women. There were 13 Forsaken. Okay. So... So actually 11. So... Oh, I wasn't wrong. Yeah. No, no. You're, you're not. And one of them My seems to be Belzaman, who we thought Rand killed him, but of course he didn't, right? Rand thought he killed him, but Moraine assured him he didn't. Yep. Rand confronts Egwene in one dream, correct? And the people with Egwene, and there's like a Siamchen. There, so, yeah, there's, there's one with Rand confronting a horde of Siamchen, one confronting her with the women with, and the women with her. One of them was a Siamchen. Which is great, because it means there will be an alliance at some point. It was all so confusing. Rand with those tiny creatures settling onto his skin, and I think they were described as dragon-like before. Yep. And like, then all I can think is it's really tough to be Rand these days. And actually, I put a side note, poor Rand. He didn't ask for any of this. He actually seemed like legitimately a really nice young man. Yeah. Like, no. like he was responsible. Really he was a hard worker. It, he had a good work ethic. Yeah, he wasn't a shitty he kid. Was, he was respected he, by the, the, the... His, honestly, his biggest, like, black mark 
Um, being friends with Matt. Is I being know. friends with Matt. That's 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 his immature both, little buddy. Both him and Perrin. Their only black mark in like regards to like the adults of Emmons Field was that Matt Coughlin was their best friend. So I that's a side note, but I actually do have a lot of compassion for Rand. Okay, Mistress Miriam and Mistress Car- I like to say Carla because I don't want to say Carla. Uh, Carlina. Also Carlina. Carla. Okay, Nynaeve sure. and Elaine. Sure. Join Eguine. Eguine is observing Terre. It's a great city, but not necessarily pretty. Sounds mostly like warehouses and plain buildings. No embellishments, really. Yeah, no. It's a... Uh, uh, it's a it's a port town. Nothing elaborate, you know. But the heart stopper is the heart of the stone. Well, the stone of Tear. yep. Oh, Okay. The heart of the stone is inside the stone of tear. Okay. And that's where Calendor is. The stone. It was made by the one power with earth, air, and fire to melt together stone from all across the world without seam. How big do you think this is? Couple football fields? Oh, it's big. Yeah. Um I always imagined it looking like it was just kind of flowing into the like it was just like it looked like a mountain. Yeah, yeah, um, I think that's how I pictured it And just it kind of well. like flowing into the side of a mountain, basically. Yes. Um, so I've always had kind of visions of uh, Machu Picchu. It's I've been there. Yeah, that's right Way on the side more of the. Pretty. Oh yeah, but 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 just like being right on the side of a mountain, right? Yeah, actually, that you're right. That's very fitting. Um. And then, of course, we all have seen, I'm assuming that everybody listening to this podcast has most likely seen... Lord of the uh, Rings. Uh, no, I was going to say Game, um, of Game of Thrones. And mm-hmm. and uh, the original home of the Targaryens, but then that uh, Stannis was gifted from uh, King... What's his name? Ro- Robert... I names elude me. Okay. Very quickly. Anyways, that that like fortress. Okay. How it's basically built like right up against a mountain. I just really picture giant like stone, like a very nice, smooth, round pebble, but huge. Um, but yes. Okay. Into okay. the mountain because I think it is described as into the mountain. Yep. So this is super interesting that they used all this. Um, it was made by Aes Sedai, basically, but Tyrian folks hate Aes Sedai, yeah. yet they have this celebrated, like, stone. Okay. Yep. So, it turns out Lane had sewed their dresses to be adaptable for riding, and I'm, I question, does that mean they're jumpers? Like, it's, it's yeah. just, oh, that's super it's cute. A, they're it's stylish. Like, like they, they divided their skirts. So, I've always kind of, it, yeah. Um, that's so cute. But not, not, not so much uh, jumpers. I mean, they're kind of the same thing, but what do they call them? Squirts? Skorts. So they look like skirts, but they're divided down the middle. Oh, so they're like long skorts. Oh, okay, I can yeah? picture that. Is that was, okay, so that's 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 kind of how I have always. I like, like the idea of jumpsuits just because they're like really popular, <laughs> really popular. So yeah. they ride through the muddy streets. Very descriptive. This town is muddy. People walk on basically uh, blocks or barefoot. Yeah, or barefoot. Yeah, Elaine. They're, so they're basically like clogs. Yeah, and um, because yep. you know the origin of clogs, right? From uh, Dutch. Yep. Elaine suggests they need a thief taker to help them find the Black Aja, which is, and I'm thinking, oh, Huron, come back to me. Oh. Nynaeve calls out Elaine when she then suggests finding an inn because they're trying to avoid notice and they have no clue who Leandrin's sparrows are. 
Egwene secretly agrees with Nynaeve, but there's this ongoing feud, and she doesn't want Nynaeve to know she's right. Yeah, it's... It's stupid, and it keeps going on and on. Okay, I don't think that there's a feud going on between Nynaeve and Egwene. I think there's a feud that Egwene has convinced herself that is between Nynaeve and Egwene. I think that at this point, Egwene is trying to assert herself so much... That is getting to the point where she's annoyed when Nynaeve takes the lead. Yes. Okay. That's that's so better she's, said. So we've we've talked about this in previous Nynaeve's episodes. Just doing her thing. Um, it's very much Egwene is getting out in the world and becoming her own woman, and she views Nynaeve as somebody who is holding her back to who she Got was it. and doesn't want to be anymore, and so she's extremely resentful to Nynaeve. I don't think there's any conflict going on in Nynaeve's mind other than the fact that she is aware that Egwene is annoyed with her. Does that... That's much better state. You're right. This is all in Egwene's head. Nynaeve has no bone to I, I don't think Nynaeve has any issue with Egwene at Thank all. Thank you. Uh, but she's still a very assertive person, so she's not going to like pass the reins that easily. You know, it's not, be- it's not that she's being vindictive towards Egwene. That's just who she is. She's just used to being in control, and she's used to being in charge of Egwene. So I don't think that it's vindictive and, or even purposeful. It's just what she's knowing. Egwene is becoming very bitter about it. Yes. Long-winded rant once again. Sorry. So when asked, well, where the heck are we going to stay? Nynaeve gives my dad's least favorite answer. I'll know when I find it. So they go through the streets, past derelict shops, and suddenly Nynaeve turns down an alley without really saying anything. So, of course, Egwene's like, you know, brat. But yeah. Nynaeve so, approaches oh a house and knocks. She has found a wisdom, having observed the herbs in the front window. Yep. And I'm now I'm totally picturing from Practical Magic. Did you watch that movie? I picture their shop yeah. with all the herbs. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a good description. And yeah, uh, Elaine's like, why are we here? And Nynaeve's like, didn't you notice the, the herbs? And Egwene's like, oh, she found a wisdom. Yeah, like Egwene has to roll again. But she's right. So I roll. A woman okay. opens the front door and Nynaeve asks for something to settle the stomach. The, int- the woman introduces herself as mother. I say Jenna, but am I supposed to say Gwenna? Um, Gwenna is how the audiobooks pronounce it. Okay. So that's kind of what I, I've, like the last two times I, I've I'm done this. I'm doing a British G on that one. But... Uh, um, I think I probably pronounced it Gwenna before I heard the audiobooks. Yeah, that I need a W. That doesn't. Anyway, so I guess I'll call her Elwan. Is that her name? First um, name Elwan. Yep, El El. Sure, Elwan. And which sounds distinctly Lord of the Rings like, but anyway, it does. It very much does. I agree. Her first observation is, "You guys are in Tyran," and then introduces herself as a wise woman. Yep. She invites the trio inside, makes tea, and Egwene denies a queasy stomach, which is not true. She could barely ride on a horse after the ship. But Nynaeve accepts, um, and it works. Anyway, it's just a back-and-forth scene, like quizzing from yep. each healer, and I well, didn't write details because I'm like, I'm not going to memorize. I'm not a healer, guys. Egwene is just pissy. Elaine is observant. And actually, this is cute. Elaine asks Mother Gwenna, for two people who will not stop arguing with each other, what would you do? I do have a way to make an arguer stop. It is not something I urge anyone to try, but some do come to me. I charge a silver mark each for women, two for men because men make more fuss. 
There are some will buy anything if it costs enough. But what is the cure? I tell them they have to bring the other one here with them, the one they argue with. Both accept, expect me to quiet the other's tongue. When they have paid me, I take them out back and stick their heads in the rain barrel till they agree to stop their freaking arguing. It's funny. Cause it, it, no, it is. It's, Mother Gwen is like, no one's going to share that as how they stopped arguing, but it's embarrassing. It's like, um, have you seen The Help? No. And, oh my gosh. Is it good? Damn. Well, there's just a, there's a special pie. That's all I'll tell you. So anyway, Nynaeve boldly asks for a spare room. And Mother Gwenna conveniently has three rooms empty because of her grown children. Yeah. But does ask more about these particular three young women riding fine. Yeah, exactly. She's like, I'm not, I'm not. Riding fine horses in the likes of terror. I'm not going to just let you stay here, you know, even if you pay me. But if you convince me. So Nynaeve slowly you know, shares then you can have very the carefully. They are searching for women that stole from them and their mother. And these women also committed murder. You know, Mother Gwenna's like, where's your men? Well, there are no men. We're just doing this. So Mother Gwenna seems to accept it and insists they do need a man, but no lord. And talks about some Julian Sander chick who's the man for them because he's a thief taker. Yeah. Well, there you go. We found a thief taker. I'd rather have Kieran. Um, you want me to finish? She, she does say thief catcher. I do uh, want to make sure that there is that distinction. Um, Terran people. Okay. But uh, anyways, yeah, so she's... No, go ahead. Egwene is a total twat. Yeah. <laughs> At this moment. And I don't know if you wanted to quote anything. I do. Go ahead. I do. But I just wanted to call her twat. So anyways, so um, Mother Gwena leaves. To fetch Julian Sander, right? And that's when Egwene turns to Nynaeve and says, You are learning how to be a Sedai, Miriam. You manipulate people as well as more rain. And Elaine gets up and walks over to her very calmly. Well, actually, no. She stalks across the floor and slaps Egwene right in the face and... God damn it, I am here for it. I said that was the first time I really liked Elaine. Yeah, no, actually, I really like Elaine in this chapter. Elaine is starting to become, like, I'm starting to like her at this point, a lot. So, so she says, you go too far, too far. We must live together or we will surely die together. Do you give Eowyn your name? Nynaeve told her what we could, that we seek dark friends, and that was risk enough, linking us with dark friends. She told her they were dangerous murderers. Would you have had her say they are Black Aja and Tyr? Would you risk everything on whether Elwyn would keep that to herself? And then oh, yes. Elaine's just like, I know it hurts. I didn't want to. And that took away a few of my brownie points for her, but I do appreciate Elaine well, standing I mean, up for she's, Nynaeve. She, no, she's, she's, she's accepting that I wish I didn't have to do that, but you were yeah. just being a total twat. Yeah, and um, that that's that that's that. And that's that. That's the chapter. So they magically, very actually, quickly for Robert Jordan found where they were gonna stay, and good old Mother Gwenna's all in. She's like all in. This yeah. is sketchy as shit. Three fine ladies coming to my little practical magic shop. 
why not? I have three empty rooms. Must have been meant to be. So do you think the Mother Gwenna is genuine or yeah. is... Okay. Yeah, I no no concerns. Okay. And that might have been why Nynaeve was testing her. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, just like, going through the herbs much, and everything. A, a, like a true wise woman, true healer isn't going to sell them out right away. Um, which, by the way, that's pretty cool how Nynaeve did that because... First, great call not staying at an inn. I know why Elaine suggested it. Yeah. But great but, well, call, and, Nynaeve. And we, we glazed over that. Um, Nynaeve explaining, look, we can't go to an inn because they're going to be looking for us. They're expecting us. Right. Um, we don't know who is looking for us. Yeah. And they don't want to chop off their strawberry blonde hair. Well, Elaine doesn't. Yeah, And exactly. I suppose Nynaeve wants to keep her braid. They can't just dye it blonde. Exactly, and, so anyway, and, um, and they definitely can't go to um, to the stone, and because Elaine <laughs> yeah. suggests, well, you know, if I could convince them who I was, oh, looking yeah, yeah, like yeah. this with no retainers, we could just stay with one of the high lords. And and Elaine's like, Nani is like, that's even a stupider idea than going to a fucking inn. Yeah. What are you talking about, woman, girl? I and then Elaine's say, just sorry. thinking. Well, otherwise we'll be in the countryside, and then he's like, "No, oh, let's let's just wander a bit." And yeah, we're this just, is probably like Gwen was pissed though. Like I could see it. Yeah. After a long trip, your tummy feels ill. You just hate the world. So I guess I can see it. But she was, yeah, she needed to be slapped. Well, and she thinks about like, I don't enjoy her perspective in this kind of area of the books right now because, because she is like she's so judgmental. Yeah, it's a little... like she's she's thinking about how uh, um, Nynaeve named her horse Gaiden, and she's like, as if we don't all know what that's about. Like, I know, how and then obvious. It's, it's like, such negative points because of course you would name your horse after land. I mean, come on, right? A horse underneath you, all that power has to be land. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I I kind of want to. Go back a bit. <laughs> Did you have more... You enjoyed Sorry. that. Oh my god, that was brilliant. I love it, yes. Did um, you have more from this chapter? Otherwise, I want to... I, I had another more gaze. Oh, uh, let's go back. Yeah, let's talk about it. Back to why I do think she's under a love potion... Um, there's something about her words, Talonvor talking about why did she say Shiriam study, which makes me then think, oh, maybe Shiriam's more important than I've given her credit, because now I'm worried she is under a spell, and she is trying to hint to Talonvor, you know, like, talk so, to Shiriam. You so never know. I think that Talonvor might think... Reading too much into it. Well, I, so, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and jump on a limb here and, and just say, I think that Talonvor uh, thinks that uh, Gabriel has something over Morghese. Oh, okay. like, like he's he's manipulating her in some way and that's why she's being subservient to him and that's why, you know... But maybe I, she's and, not and actually giving Exactly, but Talonvor. she's like, she's she might be in danger. Okay. Um, I think like this is what I'm thinking is coming yeah, from he's from trying to look for Cole. He thinks that she's in danger from Gabriel. So what did that mean? Okay. What did going to sharing you and having talks in her study means? Because I think that this guy has something on her. Got it. And she can't do anything about it. Uh, so she might be trying to send little clues. And because I'm loyal to her and not him. I need to be making sure I'm looking out for those clues. Because well, I just thought maybe he's right. 
I was giving him credit that. Well, and, be... and and he very much will be what so, right. And and I mean, come on. Um, he is not going to think that she is under some sort of. I mean, if Lord Gabriel is a forsaken, is a forsaken, he is. Then he probably has the ability to channel. Oh, yeah. You didn't think about that. I don't think so you didn't think you didn't I don't think... think critically. So you said love potion, so I just thought he made a like you know Snape made a so, little potion potion. So so you don't think that uh, the he... forsaken, but the I mean. I Luz. just don't think critically. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now okay. that you say it, he's totally got her in a spell. And she's screaming to everyone, help me, but she can't. So the best she can do, this is like when you can't directly talk about what's going on. So she can only sideways talk about it. Mm, got it. So we're assuming, yeah. I mean, we're assuming that the Forsaken are male channelers, right? Because Male or female. Well, the female ones are female channelers. But in this world, male channelers aren't allowed. Oh, okay. You know what? I'm sorry. So now it's all connecting. You're right. I forget that Forsaken can channel. I actually just forget that they're male Aes Sedai. Okay. The men are male Aes Sedai. But you know, you you know that, right? Like well, yeah, you've been they told, told that. Us. Yeah, yeah. I just forget they're about the it. They're the male Aes Sedai, so you can assume that if he is Forsaken, he probably has the ability to. I mean, we Cast we've seen shitty spell. little fucking Aes Sedai like Leandrin being able to to. Uh, manipulate and, and com- yeah. com- compel people with the power, this is a right? Big deal. So that is why Lord Gabriel's for sure forsaken because he's channeling a love spell, and she doesn't want to be in it. And all she has is Talonvor trying to understand Shiriam's study. Yep. I hope we find out what Shiriam and her talked about, but you never know. I. We might not find knows? that one out. Who knows? So, all right, fuck Mary Kill. It's the best part. Oh man. Do you have yours? I don't. All right. I'm not prepared for that. I'm not prepared, but I think I can jump into, before you take it, I'll fuck Elaine for slapping okay, that Okay, cool. Twat. I love Elaine. it. Yep. That yep. was so important to me. And so, <laughs> you know, I know we don't condone violence, but Egwene was needed to be like a bucket of water or something. Yeah, and no, the most yep. convenient thing was her hand. Yep. So... Um, I mean, honestly, the slap from Elaine was probably better than getting her head dunked into the, uh, the rain barrel, right? Or the channel with the or, toilet water or whatever. <laughs> the okay. river, yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, Mary, I want to go to... I, I kind of have two in mind, but one I don't know well. But I'll give him points. Talonvor. Okay. For letting... Not freaking out on Matt. He could have chopped his head off yep. right there. Yep. He is loyal to the queen, and I still think the queen is a good guy. I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah. Or just not a forsaken guy. So Talonvor gets to be... I, I'll give him the marriage proposal. Cool. Because he seems solid. He doesn't like that rat face guy. Yeah. And he does want to save the queen. But again... Matt gave sketchy stuff talking about Lord Gabriel, so Talonvor could have just shut him down right there. But he didn't. He just stuck with, I like the queen. Yeah. Killigween. I just can't. Cool. That was too much, Egwene. And I know that's a pretty obvious kill, but just too much. That's not who I was playing. She was pretty nasty. So, more nasty than usual. her, Her POV is very immature. Um... I, I I would like to just. I glossed over a lot of it too because I didn't want to write about it. I I I would like to just throw out there that 
Uh, Eguin is uh, 17, You need to stop with that because I was a, a kind 17, 18-year-old. And do you know what? And, and I could be a kind. Dylan was a very kind 17, 18-year-old. I'm just saying there's... I don't think you should do that. I think that's ageism. And and, okay, and okay. the other thing I was going to say is she is from a very, very small town. And now she's in the... I'm from a small town. I know, town. I knew as soon as I was going to say that, that was going to come back. <laughs> no, I know. She's growing into... I, I do respect, like, the whole okay. naive thing. She wants to be independent. But I'm yeah. also like, grow the fuck up. Because part of being independent is not being a brat about it. Yeah. Not everybody's as mature as other people. Yeah. I'm not saying that all 17, 18-year-olds are like this. I'm saying some are. And and that's just fact, right? Like, and I I'm I'm gonna tell you right now. I was a sl- I was slow to mature. You were an agween. I was probably an agween. You were not. I'm sorry. I, you know you weren't. Don't I I, I might have been to my parents. I was kind of a shit to my parents. Okay. I was a huge shit to my older sister. I was definitely an agween yeah, to my older still sister. Still different. I but, probably was too. But okay. Um, but right, you ready? She has a very close relationship with uh, Nynaeve. Okay, so remind me, you you. Fucked Elaine. Elaine. You married. I Talon love that you Gore. fucked Elaine. I love it. Uh, you you married Talongor and you killed Egwene. I'm gonna go a little bit more obscure. No, uh, and I and I'm pretty sure I've done this, and I'm pretty sure I'm gonna do this uh, again. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck Nynaeve. I know she, she's a shero. She she she's the boss. Like she's very much, and she was very patient. With yes. uh, with Egwene, when Egwene was being a shit to her, she was she was patient and she was just doing her business. She was avoiding conflict, and that's why I think that the conflict is all in Egwene's head. Yes, that was a good and, clarification. And, and Nynaeve was was just kind of rolling with it. So I'm gonna go ahead and and fuck Nynaeve. Um, I will marry Tom because once yeah. again he's showing loyalness. Yep. He's showing advice. Um. He's, he's snapping out of his stupor. He no longer wants to die. He's like, you know what? Tear sounds great. And Matt's like, I thought you wanted the headsman. And Tom's like, you know, no, not anymore. I, you kind of you kind of brought the stupor, you know, you kind of brought the snap back into my step. So I'm I'm good to go. Let's go. I'm sticking with you. I I want I want Tip a pair. I, I want a uh, partner like that. I have a partner like that. But you you know what I mean? It's like that's. The kind of partner I want, somebody who's yeah. loyal like that, someone who's gonna have your back, um, and I'm, I'll, I'm going for the obvious. I'm killing Gabriel. Yeah. So I mean, I don't think I have to explain why. Anyone that. who forces a love potion on someone, yeah. it's essentially it's pretty, rape. I I assumed you were gonna kill Gabriel, so I was trying oh. to think like who else am Way I gonna too kill? Too obvious. Well. I, I actually attempt not to just kill the dicks. Okay? I I know I know and I and I do too. I try to go. I try to get obscure, um, but sometimes it's too it's it's too obvious to not pick right. It's yeah. like you just got to do it. So I'm okay with being Captain Obvious from time to time to time many times. All right. Um, Captain. So with with that. Everyone be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. Welcome to the Glee Man's Apprentice, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am your Glee Man, Twish Avery. And I am his apprentice, Mandy Cat. Travel in the wastelands in search of every story.
Cat has already read the first four books of the series, there are always potential spoilers up through the Shadow Rising. And after that, I'll be reading the rest of the books for the very first time with my Green Man, Twitch. 